0: Tonight, Wednesday, August 21st, I am in San Antonio, Texas, doing stand-up. My debut in San Antonio at the Tobin Center for the Arts. Oh, my God. Just go get, go to run to the door right now and get tickets. It's 8 p.m. show. Get tickets at the box office tonight. Thursday, tomorrow night, I'll be in Houston at the Heights Theater back there. You can buy tickets in advance at jenkirkman.com right there on the homepage. Or just get tickets at the door. And then Sunday, my special birthday show at... The North Door in Austin, Texas, Sunday, August 25th. Again, tickets right there on the homepage, jenkirkman.com, or just show up at the door, we'll get you in. And for the remainder of my tour this year, Brooklyn, September 11th, Boston, September 13th, Del Mar, which is San Diego, California, for the Cabo Festival, is September 15th. Then I will be in Toronto doing four stand up shows and one live I Seem Fun. I mean, having Funtlessness podcast taping at the Toronto Festival, just for laughs 42. Um, And then I will be in London, September 30th through October 5th, Manchester, UK, October 6th, Amsterdam, October 8th, Oslo, Norway, October 13th, oh, backtracking, one big great show in Los Angeles, September 26th. That is me doing an hour of stand-up. It's only $10. Please come to that. And then, as we head into November, I will be back in Oklahoma City. I will be back in Milwaukee. And I will be back in San Francisco. San Francisco tickets go on sale in September. If you go to my website right now, jennkirkman.com slash newsletter, you can sign up to the newsletter. You get tickets the morning they go on sale. That is going to sell out in advance. That always happens with my San Francisco people. Thank you. And then... Uh, in December, I will be in Richmond, Virginia That is on sale right now As well as Dorm, North Carolina Those shows are called Comedy with a Touch of Christmas Those are really special And you are the only other states in the Union Cities that are going to see uh, my little Christmas show It was not on purpose It was just those are the dates that I happened to be in those places And I was like, well, as long as I'm there I'm going to do a little Christmas And then, of course, my annual improv uh, show at uh, Christmas show At the Hollywood Improv will be going on sale soon That will be December 13th Okay, let's do this episode Funlessness,
1: funlessness,
0: funlessness, having funlessness, having funlessness, having funlessness, with Jen Kirkman. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Episode 299 of the Having Funlessness Podcast with Jen Kirkman. I am Jen... Kirkman, thank you. I am part of the Sklarborough Country family. I want to welcome you, one and all, to Scarborough Country. It's a figurative land run by the Sklar brothers, where some pretty incredible podcasts exist, including ones from Marilyn Rice Cub, Jonah Ray, Alex Edelman, me, Trey Crowder, the well read podcast, and of course, ScarboroughCountry.com. Listen, scribe, enjoy S-K-L-A-R-B-R-O Country.com, and you can check out all the great podcasts that my friends are doing. and. You can find the podcast you're listening to on TuneIn, Radio Public, Stitcher, CastBox, FM, Apple Podcasts. You know the drill. You're already listening. Oh, this week we're going to talk about... Oh, I've got a lot of overheards. I did a lot of eavesdropping. I went to a new wine bar that I want to be a regular at, and these two dudes already are, and they're very annoying. Um, And I overheard a story about a scam, which I thought was kind of interesting. I want to talk about my love of spoilers. Is anyone else feeling me? And I want to talk about a guy that I prejudged at the Apple store who was from Texas, not to judge my Texans, as you know, as you're listening to this, I am in San Antonio right now, um, who was going on and on about how he hated Donald Trump. It was very interesting. And he was talking about... 54. So all kinds of just fun, rando bedando stories, and I'm going to read an article to you about how being a fan is good for your health. So there you go. Let's fucking, let's fucking begin, dudes. Oh my God, I'm so dehydrated, you guys. Oh, hang on. Oh, and a listener needs some help, and I'm going to read her email to you. And I'm going to have you all email me and we're going to give her advice because I like to stay connected to you guys. The email address is I fun at gmail.com. That's right. I use the old email address for this podcast. Why not? It's easier to say. Easier to remember. So here's what happened to me this week. So there's a, um, there's a new little restaurant in my neighborhood. Uh, not walking distance, but really quick drive three minutes. Too long, just too long to walk. Just too short to start a podcast when you're driving. You know what I mean? It's like a song and a half drive. So it's cute. And all I need in a restaurant is an extensive wine list. And if I'm there for happy hour, I need, is it Marconi almonds? I I forget how they say it. And olives. And uh, this place has both oh my God, is that my favorite snack when I'm having a nice full-bodied Cabernet or Red Zin? So I'm taking a little writing break and I I have about an hour 15 and I'm like, I'm gonna go to that place. And I brought my hardcover copy of the book that is taking me forever to finish because I only read it in hardcover and I don't read books in bed. So it's like when I find time. So I go to this place with my book, A Woman of No Importance About the World War II Spy. And I sit down at the edge of the bar. And it's nice and quiet. Now, I can't get mad at customers who are there talking to one another. Because that's what you, I mean, that's a normal thing to do. I'm probably the abnormal one sitting at a bar of the book. But I got to tell you, when I was living in Brooklyn the last two years, that's all that was at any restaurant. It was couples at tables and single women. I don't know if they were single all the time, but they were, a single unit that night sitting at the bar reading books, eating dinner and drinking. And and I loved it. So I felt like this place had a little kind of like Brooklyn y vibe in my little neighborhood in the valley. So I sit down, this guy sits down a few a few seats over. Don't this is not a love story. And he pulls out a book and I'm like, oh thank God. Two quiet people reading books. Because, again, I get distracted when I overhear people talking because I just start listening to their conversation and I cannot tune it out, especially if it's interesting, right? So or even if it's not interesting, I sit there, hate listening, going, I hate this conversation. That's productive, right? So the guy sits down and now I would love to go back and interview him to find out what he really thought of what happened. So he sits down. Now, I'm a little jealous right away because the bartender waitress that comes up to him has seen him before many times. She's like, oh, hey, Joe, or whatever. He's like, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, Now, this place has only been open six weeks. This guy's already a regular. He beat me to it. I thought I was going to be a regular. I mean, not that I can't be, but he's already got an in with the place. You know what I mean? So they're talking, and... He says, yeah, I just brought my book. I'm taking a break. I don't know what he was doing. And I'm blowing off some friends tonight. Because I just want to get some reading done. Just in the mood to read. She like, oh, that's great. She turns around. I'll get you your drink. Out of nowhere, this guy walks in. Hey, Joey! Sits down right next to him. Joey goes oh, I totally blew off the baseball game tonight or whatever game. The guy goes, no, no, me too, me too. So I don't know. It seemed like maybe Joey thought this guy was going to be at some game. I don't know if he, I'm reading way into it that he thought, oh, God, I thought I was safe from hanging out with this guy tonight. He's at the game and I'm here with my book. The guy goes, hey, I don't want to interrupt you reading. He goes, no, 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 it's fine. Well if you don't want to interrupt someone reading, then fucking don't interrupt them reading. But the guy sits down and he stays he goes, I want her a drink. I'm like, oh my God, this guy just wants to read. But you know, then the guy puts his book down and he's it's see I, I think they're both TV writers. One of them definitely is because he goes into it in detail. the, the guy with the book, I think might be a TV writer as well. But the reason I'm not sure is because he wasn't talking about it incessantly. And that's why I think the guy that walked in, let's call him Steve. I think Steve is sort of a new baby TV writer because he was being super inappropriate and talking about the amount that he makes, writing it down in in his calculator app, and then showing the guy, this is how much gets taken out for lawyer, agent. And manager. See, that's what makes me think the other guy was not a TV writer because he'd be like, yeah, no shit, I know. So I don't think he was. So anyway, whatever. The guy's like, oh, I was so funny in the room today. I said this. I'm like, no one says that. Maybe you say it to, like, your husband or wife where you're like, I don't mean to sound like a dick, but, like, I am was so worried I was going to get fired and then I made everyone laugh today and, like, oh, my God, it was such a relief. You know, that's one thing. So I was just overhearing this and I was like, oh, God. So they're talking and then the waitress comes over and she's talking to both of them. And I'm wondering, now, do they just love talking to a young woman or am I just thinking that everything is filtered through the lens of sexism? She enjoying herself? I mean, she seemed to be fine talking to them. They obviously weren't creeps, but I think it was just people talking. But I was trying to figure out if there was some dynamic there where you know, they come in all the time to see her. I I don't know. But she was talking about how she used to work at the dry bar or something like that, which is a place where you go and get your hair washed and blown out and styled. And this one guy, Steve, the guy that walked in, he was like, no haircut. Wow. How do they make money on a place like that? It's like you dumb fuck. That's all they do is make money hand over goddamn fist because women always need their hair done because they're going somewhere or they have things to do or they don't like just shut. I just, it drives me crazy to no end when we constantly have to explain things to men. You know what it is? It's because men don't need to know about women's culture if they don't want to. And I feel like I'm just inundated with like everything about men all the time. So I'm overhearing this story. And I, I don't know why I'm relaying this. It's because that, you know, I don't have any stories. I sat at a wine bar trying to read a book and I read one paragraph. So this is what the woman says. She says that some guy calls up all angry. My girlfriend was in there the other night and spilled red wine all over herself. And then he said, no, I mean the waiter spilled it all over her. And then they offered to pay for the dry cleaning, but we've been calling and nobody will really follow up on it. And so this bartender says, well, I mean, just bring in the receipt. And what night was it? And do you know what the name of the waiter was? No, no, no. And he goes, we keep calling the manager. What's, what's the manager's name? And she said, well, his name is Joe. Or, you know, his name is, uh, I only know two names, guys, Joe and Steve. His name is uh, Robert. So she tells the guy, you know, the manager's name's Robert. He goes, yeah, yeah, Robert said he'd pay for it. She goes, well, I'll just come in with the receipt. So guy comes in with a business card for the establishment. With the name Robert written on the back. He says, see, the manager, Robert, told me uh, to bring this in. She goes, okay. And uh, he gives her the receipt, and it's $40. And she's like, I am a woman who is dry cleaning, and $40 is a lot for one shirt. He's like, well, that's what it was. She's like, okay. So she gives him the 40 bucks of the cash register, and she goes to keep the receipt and he swipes it back and leaves. And she was like, Oh, I know exactly what this is. She said, because his story wasn't adding up. It made no sense. It had been two months since he said they were in there. So she did a little recon and she talked to the actual manager named Robert. And he's like, he said a month ago, we gave him that business card when he was in here. He's like, the business cards just came in four days ago. They're, we didn't have business cards. So this guy walks into places, takes a business card, calls up, yells and rants and says, what's the manager's name again? And then they tell you, and then he, he you know, they say the manager's name, and then he writes the manager's name on the card, then brings it in and acts like he'd talked to the manager. And what was so interesting is, so this guy just walks away with a cool 40 bucks cash, right? Which I don't know if you're using it for drugs or whatever you're doing. You know, the girlfriend that supposedly the... Sh- was the recipient of the stain she is nowhere to be found she never calls and again let's just stereotype men and women men men out there listening women out there listening who are in heterosexual relationships on what planet is it ever reversed like that that the man is like my wife's shirt needed a drug you don't you think it's always the women that are like, I'm gonna get them to pay for it. And the guy's like, honey, you don't make any trouble. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. What I will just pay for it. No, I, sweetie, this is how it goes. They have to reimburse us. I mean, that's I don't think it usually goes the other way around. So basically, when I heard this story, I I'm listening to it in real time. I'm not joining in on her conversation with you know the two guys. So she told them that story that I just told you. And I'm thinking, oh, well, this guy probably runs that scam on every restaurant on the block and all over. So imagine getting 40 bucks cash, maybe anywhere up to five to 10 times in one day. It's a few hundred bucks, 400 bucks. Who knows? You know, could be thousands if he's doing it a lot. And then whatever he's using it to buy, you know, but he keeps taking the receipt back because he keeps using that same receipt. So it makes sense to me that he didn't do it this one time for $40, you know? If he's buying drugs, like, he'll do it a few times. You can do, I mean, that block I was on, there's six restaurants. He could do it in 15 minutes and suddenly have 200 bucks. And I don't know how much your drugs cost, but then he goes, buys drugs, whatever he's doing. The guy that was the, the writer at the counter was going, that makes no sense. I mean, that really makes no sense just for 40 bucks. And I was sitting there going, I can't believe I don't have a writing job. I mean, I did, but I left it. But you are sitting there telling us the worst joke that you said in the writer's room today, which is not funny. And you don't get why someone would want $40 cash because he's doing it in every fucking restaurant on the street. It was making me crazy that this guy could not leap to the logic of they kept going, no, dude, I know 40 bucks isn't a ton of money to, to waste all that effort on. And he kept going, I mean, no, I mean, listen, before I had my job, like 40 bucks is a lot of money, like back to his fucking high paying job, you know? And uh, they were like, no, 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 we're not saying that you don't think 40 bucks is a lot of money, you're not listening. We're saying that you're not taking into account that this isn't about the 40 bucks that one time. He still didn't really get it. And I just, for some reason, it made me, I couldn't even finish my wine. There's just these moods I'm in where I'm like, I'll have a glass, you know? So uh, I just couldn't even finish it. I was like, eh, I get it. And so I I didn't finish it. And I just left. I mean, not like stormed out. I just asked for the check. I tipped really well. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. And then uh, it was like, eh. I want to go back and be a regular at that place, but not if those bozos are going to be there. And I feel like it's already ruined. But anyway, if that guy's listening, if the scammer is listening, time's up, buddy. And if the writer is listening... Sorry, I'm making fun of you. Um, so I'm at, uh, oh, God, can I be more annoying? So I don't know if anyone, well, let, me, let me tell you this before I tell you about um, spoilers. Before I tell you about spoilers, let me tell you about this. You don't want to smell and have it spoil everything around you. Take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. At Native, they create safe, simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day. They create products with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. Not convinced? Then check out these 7,000 five-star reviews from their customers. I was sent some Native deodorant. I have used it, and it works. And I'm talking it works through hikes in 80-degree weather, 90 minutes here in Los Angeles. And I don't even have to reapply put my clothes back on. Well, not that I was hiking naked. You know what I mean? I put my whatever normal street clothes back on, work clothes, and I go about my day. So here's the deal. Nativedeodorant.com. That's where you're going to go. Nativedeodorant.com. Use promo code FUN and you're going to get 20% off of your first purchase. Here's the deal. It's no risk to try. They offer free returns and exchanges in the U.S. You can subscribe and save 17%. You save $2 a stick, and you can have Native conveniently delivered to your door every one, two, three, or four months if you become a subscriber. I use the Cucumber and Mint deodorant. Their classic deodorant scents include coconut and vanilla. Lavender and Rose, Cucumber and Mint, and Eucalyptus and Mint Native comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women. Plus, they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. They also offer an unscented formula and baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities. Less is more. They have fewer, simpler ingredients so that you know everything that's in their deodorant. Aluminum may be linked to some serious health ramifications Including breast cancer and Alzheimer's Although Native is priced at a slight premium When compared to conventional deodorants It is safe and effective And again, if you use my code You can save money and become a subscriber and save So it really all evens out in the wash NativeDeodorant.com Use offer code FUN at checkout for 20% off And don't hold back Native can hang with your workout Your busy life Your 16 hour day Whatever test it out. Test it out and try it, right? No risk. They offer free returns and exchanges in the U.S. of A. Awesome. And it smells great, if you get the one that has little smells in it. It's filled with ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil, which is an antimicrobial, shea butter, is a moisturizer and an emollient tapioca starch. It absorbs wetness. Made in the USA with ingredients thoughtfully sourced from around the world, no animal testing, free shipping, and returns. NativeDeodorant.com. Use code FUN at checkout. Would you prefer your news to the point without the noise and chock full of swears? Tune in to The Daily Beans, a brand new daily news podcast brought to you by the creators of Webby award-winning political podcast, Muller, she wrote, The Daily Beans is a woman-owned and operated news podcast covering issues important to progressive Americans. They separate facts from speculation, and they do it with humor and optimism. That makes The Daily Beans a shining beacon of sanity in the current dumpster fire that is our political landscape. Hosted by comedian, veteran, and executive producer, A.G., and co-hosted by comedians Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. The Daily Beans welcomes guest hosts stemming from fellow comics to journalists to political movers and shakers. Each episode focuses on justice in politics, hot topics, and deep dives for real answers on real issues. The Daily Beans, resistance news with swears, available now wherever you get your podcasts. There you go. Great. All right. Ah, oh, How many minutes do I have left? Holy fuck. All right. I'm going to talk about spoilers. I don't know if anyone agrees with me, but I fucking love spoilers. And I just realized this the other day because I'm kind of neurotic and I don't love anything with like killing or murder. Or what I just don't like psychological thrillers. It, But I know you go, Jen, you watch Barry, you watch Dead to Me. I know, I know, I know. But it, it has to be, I have to sort of know in advance what's happening. And my friend was telling me about a show that we both watch and he's way ahead of it and I'm way behind. And I said, literally give me spoilers. I don't care. If I like a story, then I don't, I, I like to watch and know how they got there. I mean, I remember what's that movie with Casey Affleck and Michelle Williams. You know what I'm talking about? And it's the Boston movie. And the whole time I'm like, why is this guy acting like such a sad sack? And why is he divorced from his wife and kids? They seem so happy. And, I could not believe what the big event was in the movie. It was so fucking upsetting. And I was watching it on a night where I was in this like deep, dark breakup depression. My friend Kimberly came over. And she wanted to watch it with me. And I said, I know this will be like depressing. It's sort of like an emotional movie about whatever like moving on after a marriage and kids but I think that's okay like I don't want a happy rom-com right now because I'll be you know grossed out but I want something heavy but not like fucking tragic I didn't know spoiler coming spoiler coming pause if you haven't seen the movie he's drunk with his friends the wife and kids are everyone's in bed do you mind if I say this? Am I giving you spoilers? Okay. I realize. I oh, you are? I realize you guys can pause, but producer Mackenzie's in here. I'm like, I might just ruin her life right now. He's hanging out with his friends. They're in the basement drinking. Like they're just partying all night. Is he an alcoholic? Oh, I don't know. Probably just like a Boston heavy drinker Um He's in that phase of the marriage where it's like, whatever, babe, I'm just having fun with the guys. She's like, I'm going to bed. Just come on, clean up and stop it. And uh Kids are in bed. Wife's asleep. He, his friends leave. She kicks them out. She's like, you're all being loud. He's sitting in the living room. He's like, the fireplace is going. He's just kind of hanging out by himself. And he's like, leave the house to go get more uh, beer. And he's knows he's too drunk to drive. So I thought, oh, he's going to get in a drunk driving accident. Then he keeps walking and go, oh, okay. Well, something's gonna happen. He's gonna get hit by a car. You know, something. So he's walking to the packy, the package store. Which, by the way, um, somebody said packy is uh, offensive, and I I realize some people call package stores packies because they're saying a horrible slur for Pakistani people. And in Boston, we, I mean. It probably would be a slur, but we, it's so white there. Like it was was like old Mr. Martinelli owns it. Like we meant package store. We abbreviate everything in Boston, but unfortunately that word is now synonymous with that. So sorry I just said that, but that's like ingrained in my brain. Like Duncan's Packy. So he goes to the package store. He buys a six pack. He's like, gonna go keep drinking. And he's freezing. He's walked like a mile just to go get the stupid beer. And I'm sure he's probably like, oh, well, I'm gonna keep going. So he's walking home and he gets to his house and there's fire trucks there. It's completely engulfed in flames because he left the fireplace gate open. You know, instead of putting out the fire before leaving the house or putting out the fire before bed and it jumped into the living room, it burned the entire house down and he killed all of his children and his wife survived. So I was like, oh, that makes (laughs) that makes sense how he literally like. Hates his life is taking these shit jobs as a plumber will not be in a relationship again. He's just punishing himself for the rest of his life. And she's moved on and she's remarried and she has kids. And you just can't wrap your mind around the fucking tragedy. And I was not in the mood for it that night. And had I known it was going to happen, I would still watch the movie because I would want to watch the acting exploration of how they get there. In fact, there was a movie I watched this year about a woman who is secretly doing all of the work for her husband uh, who's a writer, and he wins the Nobel Prize. And they're in on the lie together. And when you know that he's not really the brains behind his books, it makes the movie so much better because you can enjoy the acting on a whole other level. So I don't know. I'm like pro-spoiler. But for me, it's sometimes linked in with anxiety. Like, I need to know. And so I put... uh I put it on Twitter and I was so happy that so many people felt the same way. It's not about like, I was going to say I'm so happy that so many people agreed with me, but that's not about being agreed with. It's just that I really found my people on this one. And I know last week I was like, the internet, blah, blah, blah. And it's true, but every once in a while it makes me happy. I said, I want to start a support group for people like me who not only don't mind spoilers, but sometimes need them. And I'm gonna read everyone's reaction to this that is pro spoiler. Let's find ourselves. You can email me isomfun at gmail.com if you're pro-spoiler. Or actually, I love if you weigh in on social media, if you can go to facebook.com slash having funless pod or uh Twitter, it's at I have to write this down. Twitter is at funlessness pod. So tweet me, Facebook me. I'd like to know what you think about spoilers. So anyway, God, I'm getting back to this. Oh, for fuck's sake. I just had it up. I just had it up. I was just going to read you what people were thinking. Spoilers, spoilers. Here we go. Here we go with spoilers. This is what people are saying about spoilers. Okay. Want to start a support group for people like me who not only don't mind spoilers, but sometimes need them. Someone writes often bored of most fiction as it's predictable. Self-spoiling here. All rotten. Uh, All right. I don't like when people are like, it's all predictable. I like, calm down. But so I need detailed spoilers for horror movies and to have every scary scene described to me before I watch. Same. Uh, I know, right? Someone else. Half the time I finish some story and have to go look up what people are saying about it so I can figure out what happened. Me too. Uh, somebody said, where do I sign up? It eases my anxiety and allows me to enjoy things more if I know what's going to happen. Someone else, this, I love spoilers. I get so much more out of the stuff I watch when I know what's going to happen because I stop wondering, okay, what's going to happen next? And also feels like it helps me catch up more because I basically already know the basics of what's happening. Somebody else, 95% of the time I look up a summary of the movie or episode of the show I'm watching because I can't not know what happens, even if it's not scary. Somebody says, I've never read a book and not read the last page first. It's called anxiety and I cannot help it. Somebody said, I'm not the only one. As soon as any Marvel movie comes out, I run to Wikipedia to get the plot synopsis. I hate the suspense. I don't do, susp- I don't like susp- surprises in general very well. Someone said, so I search out articles that exclusively say there are spoilers within. Someone else said, uh, You want honesty? I can't watch a movie with a dog as a key character because some writer had to kill the dog. Movie or book is ruined. I was a mess after reading Old Yeller. Been downhill ever since. Somebody else wrote under that. There's actually a website that tells you if the dog lives in a movie. Uh, somebody said confession number two I can't watch movies where characters murder or events Are vivid I can't not feel the pain I shudder When someone falls and scrapes their knee in a movie Horror movies are not allowed ever Lots of people read the end of a book First I don't that doesn't help me With anything someone says yes I love Knowing what's going to happen and just relaxing into the Story I often get too much anxiety about the ending of a book or movie And will google it so I know what to be prepared for Emotionally Thank you as someone with anxiety, but I sometimes need a little heads up so I can actually handle intense movies or TV shows. Agreed. I recently decided not to be spoiled for Veronica Mars, and it was a huge mistake. So much time wasted and so much anxiety when I would have just not watched it at all. Oh, okay. Um, I'll join you. I love spoilers. If it tells me if I want to bother how t- a story or movie got there, I'm it. Somebody said I need to be emotionally prepared to be emotionally wrecked. Wrecked. So, there you go. There's a whole, there's a whole group of us people. The, the hundreds of responses from people who love spoilers. I really didn't think that there would be anybody on board with this. Because I usually feel like, like, all right, unpopular opinion. I don't like LaCroix. Come at me. It fucking blows. It doesn't taste good. I don't like carbonated water anyway. It doesn't quench my thirst. And if I'm going to go, oh, Mackenzie's drinking LaCroix. I hate it. I fucking Hate it. And everyone's always like, "Look, look, I'm like, what is it? Made of diamonds? Like I just like all of a sudden it appeared in my life. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's drinking it. And stuff like that I'm always suspect of. I'm like, why does everyone know about this all of a sudden? Uh, now of course I don't mind if other people drink it. I hate the fucking taste. So I'm at the Apple store because my fucking phone is cracked, because it always is. Because I hold objects all day long. Paper cups, glasses. Glassware, ceramic mugs. I never drop anything. I drop my phone five times a day. I feel like there's something in there that makes you drop it so that you keep buying new ones. But I have Apple Care. Um, but I didn't have a, a, a case on my phone. And the one second that I did my case on, I fucking drop it. So I drop my phone. I go to the store. We're talking about getting a new one. It's very strange because as I was sitting there, I said, you know, my computer's not really working. I I plug it in, and the plug won't, it won't stay charged. And I've tried different outlets in my home and different plugs. I've had this computer a while. I think it may be time to get a new one. I've just been feeling it. And he's like, well, we do have a deal today on these computers. This, I... You know, I was at the Apple Store, and I can give you a student discount. And I was like, "Oh, I'm not a student." He's like, "Like I said, I can give you a student discount." I was like, "Oh, I got you." Wink, wink. Way too honest you. I took the student discount. He said, "Maybe you're a student of life." I was like, this is so true, I am." And uh, but now, dude is over my shoulder looking at my laptop, and he was like, "Oh, wait." your computer might be more expensive because you have like 500 gigs of memory on yours. And I was like, I don't know why I do. I don't use any editing software. I really only use my computer for documents, emails and calendars. And, and he's like, well, you have a lot of stuff on your iTunes. And then he went through it. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I was like, I'll just delete it. Like, stop looking at that. I bought sex in the city to the movie, please stop looking at things I have on my computer. So we went through my iTunes and deleted everything that I don't need. And it turns out I don't need a computer with that much memory. So the price went down again. But it was so embarrassing. Like, I feel like he was taking too long to delete all the podcasts. And I was like, just select all, delete, delete, delete. And I was like, oh, God. And like odd, like self-help audiobooks. I was like, this is killing me. It really, I could have said something, but it wasn't actually bothering me that much because I'm secure in myself. But I was like, does the dude really really need to know i mean he must have been like what she has the weirdest taste and i do so we deleted stuff and then um he's like why wow, you like podcasts do you have one which really has nothing to do with whether you like them or not like if you have your own i said yeah um and then uh he goes do you record it on this computer i go no i do it in a studio he goes oh wow i'm like Shut up. So I'm so tired of, and i just as I was thinking, I'm so tired of people not knowing who I am. This guy across the way that works at the Apple store goes, Hey, are you Dan Kirkman? And he goes, I love your work. I always get recognized by Apple store employees, not the one that was helping me though. So, um, that made me feel better. Cause I'm insane. So he's like, it'll take about an hour and I'll wipe your computer. And I was like, perfect. So I'm wandering around. Oh, so I'm sitting there waiting for the computer to wipe uh and it ended up taking about two hours so I'm there for 15 minutes and he has my phone too because he's getting me a new phone and he's like that'll take about an hour and I'm sitting there and I didn't bring a book or a magazine and I didn't even have a pen and I was like I'm gonna lose my fucking mind I can't just sit here I cannot just sit here for an hour and he was acting like you don't even go anywhere like well you know just sit here and so I was sitting there with the two computers while they were deleting my old one and uploading my new one and I was like I'm gonna go crazy and I pride myself on that I'm never bored and I can just think the thoughts in my head but it, it was just, I needed to get out of there and uh this guy walks in, he's an like, old oh, Texas guy and he comes in and he's like hey everybody and he sits down I mean we're at if you've been to the apple store they it's like a bar I mean it's a long bar with stools and I felt like I was at a bar bar and he sits down and he's He's talking to the kid, helping him, and and uh, he just starts talking. Yeah, well, you know, I don't live here, but, uh, you know, I come to the store every once in a while. And I uh, don't know what I'm doing with the technology. My daughter knows all about that, but uh, there's something here with my phone. And then he's going on and on about people don't talk to each other anymore. I mean, he's really on my same page. You know, this is this is what I was talking about last week on the podcast. Technology really can fuck things up. But when I'm in the mood to say people don't talk anymore, I just want to talk to strangers. I have to be like traveling through Europe and I sit at a bar, sit at a coffee shop and I talk to someone for five minutes or something like that. But I was trapped and I couldn't get up because I had two expensive computers in front of me and the guy that was helping me was nowhere to be found and I didn't have anything to distract myself with, and I was about to be in a conversation with a stranger that could have lasted an hour, and I was flipping out. And so the guy starts talking to me. We somehow made eye contact. I was like, Gah! and he was like, and and this always happens. People think I'm younger than him. He's like, you're about my daughter's age. I'm like, I guarantee I'm not. Guarantee I'm not. And I get into I'm older. Oh well, you ever live in New York? I'm like, oh yeah, yep. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy, what's this racist gonna say? And <laughs> why I was being like that. He was like, God damn, I lived in New York years ago. We knew he was an asshole then. And I can see the kid helping him who was was, uh, like his eyes perked up and he just looked up and he was like, oh, this guy's shitting on Donald Trump. He goes, yeah, like he didn't even have to say who he was talking about. He just said, I used to live in New York. We knew he was an asshole then. I mean, the guy's just, uh, he's a scammer. He's a real estate scammer. You know, he's I don't know. I don't know how the country fell for it. And I don't know. I am a sucker for misleading accents and a guy in a cowboy hat sidling up to a bar going, that damn Donald Trump is. I mean, it makes me happy. I know that not everyone with the Texan accent is pro-Trump. It just makes me happy when that thing does, you know. You know what I'm saying. So, but he's like, I used to go to Studio 54. Now, I'm. There's no world where I'm not interested in hearing your personal Studio 54 story. But again, I just felt so trapped that it was freaking me out and I was getting anxiety and I just didn't want to keep talking. Because Also, he was talking very loudly and so people were looking over and I didn't know what to do. And so then the guy that was helping me with my computer came back over and he's like, I'm just taking a look. And he goes, oh, it jumped to two hours. So it's going to take two hours to transfer. And I said, can I give this to you? Can you do it in the back? And I'm just going to go run an errand. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Now I'm walking around the Grove, if you live in Los Angeles. It's this little, like, it's not, it's, like, way better than a strip mall. It looks like uh, the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Like, it's this kind of, like, big outdoor shopping area, but there's, like, a trolley, and there's fountains that dance to the music, and there's restaurants, and then there's the old L.A. Farmer's Market, which is, like, restaurant upon restaurant. It's really cute. So I'm walking around. And I I do run a couple errands, but there's really nothing to do but eat or drink. And I didn't have anything with me. I didn't have any work to do. I had nothing. And I got my phone back. So I was like, okay. I just needed to get out of there. Like I just it was too much conversation happening and I didn't want to sit there. And it was a nice day. So I'm walking around, sit in the sun, look at the fountains. And then I go, I'm gonna go to the little French wine bar that is like in the middle of the place. And I hadn't really eaten and I was like, oh, I'm going to dinner later. And the, the food there is like, it's like all heavy, cheese, whatever. There's no like little snacks. So I just have a glass of wine. And I'm shit house. I'm not kidding. I feel so drunk from one glass of wine because I'd been in the sun. I hadn't really eaten anything. And then I was like, fuck, now I have to, like, I can't. Luckily, I was not driving for two more hours. But it's rolling through my system. So I get a text that my computer's ready sooner than they thought. So I must have smelled like, I mean, it was literally one glass. I was there for 20 minutes, but it, I don't know. I came back and I picked up my computer and I opened my new one and I was like, I don't know how to hook up my email. And he must've been like, what the fuck just happened to this girl that was here earlier? And she's come back and it's like, I had a sunburn and I was like sweating and I probably smelled like wine. I was like, this dude thinks I'm like a day drunk, but it really was like, Oh my God. So I figured out my email, and then I just walked around for a while and got an iced coffee and went to a coffee shop and did some work in that weird, like, I'm sunburned and a little wine buzzed. I'm trying to have enough coffee and wait for time to go by so I can drive my car, and now I'm trying to do work. And it was, like, the weirdest day, and I felt nauseous, and I was sweating, And I was like, they don't tell you this part about thinking that you're so above technology, that it only works when you have a plan. I'm taking a book and going to the park, but when you sit there and the computer that you didn't know you were going to replace gets taken from you and you don't know what to do with yourself and you're... Literally, the most interesting character on planet Earth is sitting near me. The Texan guy who hates Trump, who's been to Studio 54 a lot, who loves New York. How did I not sit there and just memorize everything he said and and write a movie? I don't know. So I'm just telling you guys that this sort of like move from technology to analog to being a part of the world, I couldn't fucking handle it. I had to go have a drink. That's how much I couldn't fucking handle it. So I'm a hypocrite and, and I totally get that. And whatever. And I'm going to be, oh my God, I'm turning 45 next week. Whew. I am on like, I don't know. Who fucking knows? I don't know what I'm going to do. I I keep thinking I'm getting a tattoo, but I don't know what I'm going to do for my birthday. Oh God, everybody. The 300th episode is next week. I told people to send an email in uh, a few episodes ago. A listener wanted to know, if anybody had sort of a fucked up summer that led to something good, you can send me your stories at ISeemFun at gmail.com. But we have a listener now, and I'm gonna ask you guys to give her advice, and we'll read it on an upcoming episode. Uh, so get ready for some giving some political advice, family advice, I seem fun at gmail.com. Uh please weigh in everybody and be nice. Be nice. Don't don't name call. Here we go. Hi, Jen. Please don't use my name. I'm emailing to ask your advice. This is a much younger person because she, she'd once left a review saying that she's been a fan. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. I don't know the gender of this person. Uh, they left a review saying they've been a fan since they were in the eighth grade. <laughs> and I only started this podcast six years ago, so they're probably, what, 19, 20. So think of, think about you're giving advice to someone, that uh, a younger person who hasn't dealt a lot with Being an adult with parents like this in this political climate. I'm emailing you to ask your advice on dealing with my parents' political views. My parents are both staunch Republicans and have have been my whole life. In these recent years, however, it has escalated to a whole new level. They are obsessed with watching Fox News and talking about Trump's greatness. It's very frustrating because they are extremely intelligent people. My parents were both anti-Trump when he announced his campaign, I'm not sure what went wrong. They seem to really enjoy screaming at the TV about how much they hate Hillary and how Democrats don't actually care about immigrants. My mom in particular is very upset that I do not share their views. She is addicted to this Republican Facebook group and talks to the members about how she's disowned me and my brother politically. It makes me really uncomfortable. She will start a political conversation with me just to show her disappointment in my views. My mom and I already have a fraught relationship and I really don't want to make it worse. How can I coexist with someone who spends so much of her time resenting me for how I feel? Much love. Well, I was going to say my parents and I don't talk politics and we have a loving relationship so that if they started to, I would remind them the foundation of the relationship we have and they are ruining it by talking about politics, right? That's what I would say and have said to my dad before. But if your relationship with your mom is already fraught, you know, maybe you have to let her. I mean, I'm just going to give you the most harsh side of the advice: is it's not she's being gaslighting and to me a little emotionally abusive to you, and I think you have every right to say I don't know what's happened to you, but I don't want to engage in this, and I, I don't know how much you're dependent on her for anything. Is I know financially it can get really sticky, but there's a world where you don't have her in your life right now until she gets her fucking shit together. I mean, I know it's really painful, but it sounds like what you're going through is painful anyway. And that there's this denial when people have been cultivized, that there's somehow just going to be able to ride that line of being respectful of our politics. But it sounds like they've been fully inducted. And so I don't know if it's possible that you're going to get your mom as you know, her back right now. So that would be my advice. Um, which isn't really good advice, but it sounds like you're trying to make something work that isn't workable and you're gonna make yourself crazy and really sad. Um, And yeah, she resents you for how you feel. So it's like, if this were someone you just met, you would probably not have them in your life. And so I know it's really hard with parents, but they are putting a politician a sort of a culty mindset before their own family, but it speaks to that there has always been problems. And I wonder if it's time to just take a step back right now. Now, I don't know. I feel really bad saying that because I I do not know you. I do not know the situation. And now here is someone on a podcast saying, detach from your family. And that's not really what I mean, but I'm going to leave it to the listeners to solve this one. If anyone has any advice based on experience, maybe you're any therapists out there that want to weigh in on the Parents' mindset, I would be fascinated to read that. I won't say your names. I seem fun at gmail.com. Please send me the emails. I'm excited. I would like to read them on the next episode of the episode after this one. So please let me know. And lastly, let's end on an article. I'm sorry that this is a shorter episode today, but I have to run out the door. And that's just how it's going to be. Um, I'm thinking, and I wonder if there's something I can put. Oh, just f- fuck. How many minutes have I done? Hey, you know what? 40 It's going to be a 50-minute episode. Everybody calm the fuck down, right? I can wouldn't even read my tour dates again. Psychologists say that belonging to a fandom is amazing for your mental health. Have I read this before? No, I didn't, but this is where that Harry Styles quote came from that I said about a long time ago. So, this is from a couple years ago, but it's basically about how, um, A bunch of fans of One Direction and and Demi Lovato and Bieber and blah, blah. They all came together to support Ariana Grande in the wake of her um, attack at her concert. And they said it was a benchmark moment. Never before had these self-identified groups come together in such a visible way. It wasn't just the irrefutable power of teens who believe in the greater good, but also the visibility of their togetherness. It legitimized what the Internet had known for years. Fandoms are big. And they are important, especially in difficult times. All of you who are fans of the Having Funlessness podcast, you can join the secret fan group. I'm not a part of it, so you can even talk shit about me on there. Facebook.com slash Having Funless Pod, and the uh, pinned post is how you can get into the secret group. So, fan groups are a really good way to make friends. That's why I encourage all of you, if you want to go alone and see my shows, you will not be around a more supportive group of people, half of whom are there alone themselves. Anyway. According to various psychologists, there's science to back up the fact that fandoms, boys and girls, are not mindless obsessions. They are powerful forces. Belonging to fandom, according to psychologists, is amazing for your emotional, mental, and social health. Research shows that a weak sense of belonging is correlated with depression. Finding a greater sense of purpose and developing the belief that you are deeply cared for by others creates a willingness to endure life's challenges. Feeling as though you're a part of a tribe is not always easy, but finding groups of people with whom you share common interests is a starting point. It's not surprising that so many people are drawn to fandoms for that reason alone. It creates a common ground in an otherwise divisive and disconnected world. What is true of fandoms is nothing that psychologists haven't known for years, that it's simply the modern iteration of a very primal instinct— Dr. Laurel Steinberg, a psychotherapist and professor of psychology at Columbia University, told Teen Vogue, "...belonging to a fandom group helps adolescents connect to other like-minded youths on social media throughout the year as well as at concert events. Feeling like you're part of a group can help one define his or her identity and give a sense of purpose to what might be an otherwise routine lifestyle." She went on to say connecting with people over shared passions and interests is good for mental and emotional health because it helps to create a fraternity-like or family sense of security. It's also generally fun to scheme and get excited about something with others and gives them a subject to talk about that they know will always be well-received. Lisa Behar, a therapist that specializes in working with teenage girls, attributed this to something called identity versus role confusion, which is a developmental psychology term for the time in life in which young adults start to differentiate who they are from who they were taught to be. During adolescence, teens are going through a time where they are forming their identity in the world. It is normal and healthy for teens to align and connect more with their peers than their parents. This is a wonderful process that helps teens learn how to rely less on their parents and more on themselves for healthy decision-making as they become adults. We call this process individuation. Hey, this might be good, good stuff to hear about for our listener that just wrote about her parents. Um, Individuation is a powerful thing in psychotherapy, and I went through it in my own therapy sessions, and it was fantastic. Uh, This particular psychiatrist did offer a word of caution. Make sure being a fan doesn't develop into an obsession. Having several interests and layers to your identity is also healthy for teenage mental and emotional health. There is a difference between obsession and genuine ardor. Mainly, obsession conflates fiction with reality interferes with the quality of life the difference isn't necessarily who is more impassioned it's whether or not you can maintain a healthy perspective and remain engaged in other activities and responsibilities but fandoms do generally offer a sense of belonging and community that many teens struggle to feel deeply connected to i'd say adults too if you aren't developing that kind of bond with peers at school or in friend groups on the weekends it offers a jumping point it offers a jumping off point to find people who are like you in some small or significant way. Being part of a fandom is not something to underestimate. In numbers, there is power. And in community, there is strength. We are a community here at Having Funlessness. Until next week, have fun.